Welcome to today's podcast of Center of Leafs Nation. This is Pat LaRusso. I'll soon be joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Sino and Lucas Ugenti, where we'll look at the NHL salary cap and how the NHL can improve it for all 32 teams. Welcome to this podcast of Center of Leafs Nation. This is your host, Pat LaRusso. I am joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Sino and Lucas Ugenti. Gentlemen, it has been a month. We were on a hiatus while, you know, our team saw some additional changes and, and so on. So, you know, do you want to let our listeners know what you guys have been up to in this past month and, and maybe where you guys are at with the upcoming season? Uh, yeah, sure. You know what, as, as for myself, not much. It's kind of been the same old, just going through the motions, waiting until hockey season starts back up. Um, not going to lie, not going to lie to Leafs Nation. I was so out on the Maple Leafs after their first round debacle, exit, however you want to word it. Um, but then you see a couple tweets and you start hearing training camps around the corner and I'm all the way back in. So couldn't, couldn't be more back in, actually. Feels like, feels <laughs> like it was next year all over again. Or last year all over again, sorry. Every time I'm out, they pull me back in, eh? Exactly. <laughs> that, is, that is the motto. Um, yeah, that honestly, uh, it's pretty much a lot of the same for me. Uh, trying to suck le- suck a little less at golf each and every day. Um, <laughs> what else am I doing? Nothing really. Been watching a lot of soccer lately, um, and there's and footballs uh, starting up now. So I know that Lucas is a uh, uh, yeah. is uh, <laughs> is is excited for that as well. Um, so. Just really, uh, and and kind of as soon as Labor Day hits, you're you're you know right. You start counting down the days to uh, to training camp. We're recording this on the the first day that uh, that the prospect camp open. I don't know if someone knows. Did they end up winning? When I no, I think they the lost. Golf, when they when I left for the golf course, they were winning. I believe three two. So um, I think they ended up losing four three. If I'm not really, mistaken, typical, eh? Just just. <laughs> Just we're, we're, choked away a lead. I should have known. I could have known the answer then. I guess. Uh, yeah, they lost four three. They lost four three. But anyways, no. yeah, you see some of the prospects, um, how they're performing, and you start getting used to, uh, used to the the live game tweeting, and and we're all the way back. So um, overall, I'm bitterly excited for and anxious for the season to start again. So no, um, most definitely. I kind of. You know what, for me, it took me a bit to get ramped back up, like, and that actually kind of leads into, you know, the, the, our podcast uh, for today is, you know, I, I was starting to get into the hockey season come free agency and all that. Um, and maybe it was a little bit of the Leafs losing um, that kind of set me off. Um, but I, I went on a fairly long uh, social media rant on Twitter around my hatred for the NHL salary cap um and and I think that and and I know no one could have planned the pandemic and but I think it it brought on some unintended consequences that no one foresaw um how like league complete almost like went into like freeze mode and I know money was tossed around in free agency but 
it just, I don't know. I, I hate the fact that every offseason, every trade deadline, we're discussing salary cap. I don't think it does anything to help market the game. I, I don't think it, it, it has brought in, you know, parity that, you know, that everyone had hoped it would bring in. Um, but I, I kind of want to go over my rant, um, you know, point by point. And I, I would love to kind of get your gentleman's take on um, some of my more uh, important points. And, and I want to start off with um, this idea that the salary cap brought parity. Um, and, you know, everyone kind of comes back to you and says, well, look at the standings. Look how close they are. But if one does a deeper dive and you remove the loser point, the gap between the teams that made the playoffs and the teams that were on the cusp, like from nine to even 12, is enormous. Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens would have missed the playoffs back to back years had it not been for COVID and in a regular and without the loser point. I, I forget how many loser points they had garnered uh, just last season alone. I think, you know, they squeezed in the previous playoffs as well with. Um, you know, having, you know, those loser points. I, I don't like that. I don't like the idea that a league, its main object, uh, uh, um, objective is parity and not just the game itself. And I think the NHL has lost its way. And I kind of want to get your gentleman's thoughts on that first point. Anthony, you can take this one first. Sure. Um, so I think um, as many, uh, as, as many, uh, as many of us know, especially being a f- uh, fans of a team that um, is one of the richest teams in not just hockey, but of all uh, North American pro sports, is, um, is we feel that we've been job that we're being jobbed by the system, right? That uh, the, when Gary Bettman stepped in, and Pat, you're sorry to age you a little bit, but you're a little older than, than myself and Lucas. So you might remember when Gary Bettman actually became the commissioner of the National Hockey League in the 90s, right? Mid-90s, yep. early 90s. Um, and so I, when I read up on this, he came from the NBA, correct? Yeah. And, um, and he's a lawyer. And his fights were, uh, and hit the battles that he picked where the players were strictly around salary. It seemed like, and I don't know the ins and outs, and I wasn't following it obviously day to day for a little bit of it because I wasn't alive. But, and the other half, I was just a kid and just a naive fan of the game. So after reading up on it, it seemed like his main goal was to implement a salary cap um, when getting into the league. And, and look, I think when he, I, what he foresaw or what he saw back then was he saw teams that were icing a power play unit of five guys that had more salary than some teams in the league. And he saw a problem in that. And look, none, none of us could really go back in time and, and, and say like, Hey, we're okay with this. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's tough to go back in time and, and say that we wanted that um, as hockey fans, if we were to put ourselves in uh, fans in the nineties and the early 2000s shoes. However, it does bug me, like you saw, Pat, like you said earlier, Pat, that they did not have the foresight to kind of see where the future of sports is going. Um, and in that sense, it sounds uh, they created this salary cap to a lot, to kind of even out the playing field. However, the system itself is broken in the sense that it's based on hockey related revenue and they're, 
if anyone's familiar with uh, marketing and sales, the kind of the 80-20 rule where 80% of your sales comes from 20% of your products or 20% of your market. So in that sense, it's the, 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 high, the richest teams in the NHL are the teams that are bankrolling the rest of the league. And yet those teams are now expected to play and are limited to the same amount of dollars as the rest of the league who isn't really contributing to the revenue. So in itself, it is an unfair system. However, Gary convinced the owners to, to do this because at the end of the day, Batman works for those owners and he convinced them that this is going to improve their bottom line. However, as hockey fans, it's not our money, right? We don't care how much money any team in the league makes in the terms of their operating income and what they report at the end of the year. So it, what bugs me the most is that it's just the salary cap is not made, uh, is not created um, in a, in a, from a fan perspective. It's not, it's not made to cater to the fans. It's made to make sure that the owner can, can show up on the right side of the ledger at the end of the year. And it, that, that is what really resonates with me when I think about the creation of the salary cap and what I, why I most hate it. And then when you go back to what you're saying, Pat, is that it doesn't really create parity because the teams that n- need the salary cap to not get blown out of the, blown off the, the doors. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I mean, Arizona, I mean, Ottawa, all those smart market teams, they've been bad forever. Yeah. So how has it benefited them? Right. You're, 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 you're catering to the lowest common denominator. And as a fan, it doesn't, you're not, uh, you're not, you don't become more of a fan of the Arizona coyotes because they have a salary cap now and like, Hey, they could compete with the New York Rangers and all this stuff. You become a fan because you, you trust the team's management to get good players and they can get, uh, good players to compete with them and uh, with the other teams and win games. They haven't been doing that. So where are you left now, Gary? You're left with um, a dying product compared to uh, the other big four major sports. And they've failed to evolve in their salary cap uh, structure and, and implement uh, like, a, like, a, like a tax, right, enable for, for you to be able to go over it. And the, other, and the only other way to go over the salary cap is on injured reserve. And we know a lot about how Tampa got away with that. And and sorry, I don't mean to say get away with, but clearly everyone had a problem with the way that Tampa structured their salary cap last year. So really what they've done here is they've put themselves in a corner and I very, and I don't really see a way that they can get out of it. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really think there is a way to get out of it, especially at this point, because you're in so deep. And the problem is you have teams like Toronto and Montreal who make, Again, I'm probably butchering this percentage, but it was like almost 50% of the league's revenue. Toronto, Montreal, Boston, whatever it is. We've all seen those stats. You can't, you can't take away the salary cap right now, especially considering the teams like Arizona who are clearly bankrupt and don't have money. Teams like Ottawa who are starving for money. It'll ruin the league at that point. But the thing that I find most interesting about the salary cap is just the fact that it, it hurts the best teams in hockey. It, it, I mean, 
did it hurt Tampa Bay? No, they got lucky. You know, yeah, it did. No, it no state tag. It, it hurt Tampa Bay. It, 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 it hurt Tampa. Did, but it hurt Tampa Bay. They just lost their entire th- third line. Third line. Okay, yeah, but right? hear me out. Hear me out. We're looking at it for two different ways. Right. It hurt Tampa. Sure, they can't sign a bunch of their players, but their no state tax allowed them to sign a lot of these great players at such a cheap cost. So really, the fact that they even had two runs at this. Yeah, okay, we'll chalk it up and say it hurt them because they couldn't do it a third time. But like I said, the fact they were able to do it twice, back-to-back, mm, I'm not going to say it dominated them by any means. No, I, but I look at it, I look at it diff- I, I look at it through a different lens. In any other industry, we don't punish success, right? right? And we don't reward failure. So I, I kind of equate it to... Let's just say, let's just look at it from the hotel industry. You know, you run a hotel chain and you have hotels that are operating in some of the hottest spots on the planet. And then you have smaller hotels in smaller locations that might just get like whatever standard foot traffic. Why is it that the hotels in the larger markets need to offset the revenue from the smaller ones? You know what I mean? Like there's ways to look at this where everyone can still benefit by still having that, that, that pot of money. Um, you can't get rid of the salary cap, but I think by having um, like a luxury tax would allow the big markets to essentially continue to be the engines and not create criminals out of successfully run teams. I look at Tampa and I don't see what they did is wrong. If there's a loophole, find it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they're there for. You know what? Every team can do it. Toronto did it. You know, we, we had Robodal Island for a couple of years. It's just Toronto never won anything, and Tampa did. But, but there's ways to, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I, I always looked at that and was like, you know, we punished Tampa for, circ- quote-unquote, circumventing the cap. But that's the only way you can ice a reputable hockey team. Because, you know, we have a league that's profits over – I think the NHL lost focus of what its product is. Pat, sorry, is it, to, inter- sorry to interrupt, but what you, sure. what you were just about to say is, is um, a very key point there. The NHL focuses on the bottom line. They're not focusing on growing the revenue. Yeah. They're not focused on growing the product. They're not focused on saying like, okay, where can we, where is the opportunity to increase our revenue? Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, their, their mar- where their margins are, like, where do they make their money? They make their money on tickets. They make their money on jersey sales. They make their money on TV deals, right? Yeah. It's not a grocery store, for lack of better words, where they're running on the tiniest of margins and they have to worry about um, volume and nickel and diming on, on other things because the margins are so thin, Right. It doesn't cost $300 to make uh, an NHL jersey, but they sell it for $300. Even in Arizona, they sell it for that price. You know what I mean? So that doesn't change. What changes in what, where they need to grow and how they can grow the pie is by marketing themselves and tailoring um, their game and their advertisements to the largest demographic of people the largest markets the 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 people that not just the new not just the fans that have been with you and it's a passed on through generations but the new fan right the nba 
has left the NHL in their dust in terms of marketing. If you guys like, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't believe uh, any of us really follow that that much of the NBA um, intently, but going back to like the nineties and early two thousands, the NBA was kind of on par with the NHL in terms of popularity in North America, right? Like you can't compare yourself to the NFL. The NFL is King. Yeah. Right. That's they're just on another stratosphere and MLB as well. Right. That's America's game. They got, it's the, one of the easiest sports to, for a kid to pick up and play and all that stuff. But now we're seeing that NBA is taken off, especially in Canada. Right. Yep. So wh- why, like it, it, it happened in front of our eyes. Yep. Right. The sport, the, the, each sport kind of started off on the same tier and now they're not even close. The NBA yep. TV deal is insane while the NHL is a fraction of it because of poor uh, vision from leadership at the NHL level. And the salary cap is just one example of, of, a, of a flawed commissioner's era for Gary Bettman. I don't care that everyone says, oh, Gary Bettman has made the NHL what it is today. Yeah, you know what? Okay, I do have to give him credit. He, he brought hockey to the, the Sunshine States. He brought hockey to Texas. He brought hockey to Florida. And I think hockey will be better off for it. However, he has failed to um, – and to bring it back to the lease and talk about how Kyle Dubas – everyone pegged Kyle Dubas as this narrow-minded, one-vision guy of only skill and analytics and all that stuff. And he's basically saying, well, the plan changes as you – as you go on this journey, well, Gary Bettman hasn't really changed his plan. He's basically died on the hill of Air- the Arizona Coyotes existing after time and time again of new ownership and this and that and constant trouble. They don't have an arena after next year, by the way. Yeah, right? A professional hockey franchise in one of the biggest TV markets in, in the United States does not have an arena plan starting next September, 12 months from now. And he's allowed this to happen. He's the, 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 uh, what's the, the saying when the, the patients are running the asylum or, or that kind of thing where he is, it's now beyond uh, repair with this team. And I focus on the Arizona Coyotes because they're a team that has been um, the prime example of why the salary cap is flawed. Why can, why can you trade for a contract of a player that has no chance of playing in the NHL again? Why were they allowed to trade? Like, like the rules just didn't make sense. They trade for Marion Hosa's contract to get to the cap floor. They trade for Datsuk's contract to get to the cap floor. They trade for Chris Pronger's contract to get to the cap floor. These guys were out of the game retired. You have to fix the rules and force these owners to spend money yeah because right. i don't care what you say i don't care how th- that you're the air owner of the arizona code is oh poor me we're in arizona we barely can uh, push to uh push two pennies together you know what man you own a sports franchise yeah you, you have, have the money you have money like yeah like, with all due respect fuck you like, yeah these are billionaires exactly like, that, that's well, a lot of people forget there's no yeah. owner. There's no owners in, in, in exactly. North America that are millionaires anymore. They are billionaires. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know how many bill? If for people like, what for context, a thousand million is a fucking billion. So yeah. 
these guys have tons of it. They and, have tons of money. And it, they just don't want to spend it. And Gary has capitulated to those owners that are cheap. Yes. For all, for all due respect. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, and the other part that bothers me, and that no one, and I brought it up and it kind of had people thinking, is the salary cap has hurt the small markets too. Because as the cap ceiling goes up, so does the cap floor. So where before small market teams would have an internal budget, whatever it was, um, you know, they could, they could control their costs. Now they can't. So if you are a team like Arizona and the salary cap continues to grow on you or the salary uh, cap floor continues to get, to get raised and you're still earning the same profits you were five, 10 years ago, then you're no better off. You know what I mean? Like, You've essentially crippled 32 teams. You know, you're not allowing. Yeah, not even. No one's being saved. Because like Malnick and Ottawa isn't spending any more money. And we're seeing the issues they're having with Kachuk. We saw what happened, you know, with some of their other big ticket with, players. With when Malnick Stone, didn't want to With pay. Stone and Carlson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everyone's we saying saw- the same thing. Arizona's taking on this money now to yeah. get their draft picks. But when, it times, when the time comes to pay their, their, their stud prospects. And I don't even remember who they would be like this Dylan Gwent. Like anyways, when it's the time comes for Arizona to pay those guys, are they, they can't pay and they won't. Are they, they embarrassing? Like think they about won't. how embarrassing no, 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 Pat, 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 they might, they, they might be able to pay them, but are they? No, you know what I mean? Eugene they Mellon could, can pay them. They have the money, the cap floor. They is have there, the money. It, they it's the desire. They, internal, they don't have an internal, they have an internal budget. So you yeah. got that cap ceiling. And these people, what the, the problem is, is that whether the salary cap exists or not, these teams will only spend what they can afford. But now they're being they're, squeezed because of the cap floor, though. Because for some teams, if you sure, go back. But what I'm saying is, is at that point, that, like, we're, I guess we're kind of saying the same thing, is that the salary cap at that point, when, when a team has an internal budget, the salary cap gets thrown out the window. You might as well not have a salary cap for that team exactly. that has an internal budget. You know yeah. what I mean? So now, but now you're squeezing you're fucking, you're fucking the other teams that can spend. So yep. put a luxury tax in. Why are exactly. we why are we not evolving? Why are you punishing teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning who just won back-to-back Stanley Cups? And they like I, I go back to this example. The Tampa Bay Lightning won back-to-back Stanley Cups, right? And they literally a week after they won. They had to ask their captain, Steven Stamkos, to like just basically toss out the idea and say, hey, Steve, would you would you waive your no trade clause? Yeah, it's like, brutal. Does that make any sense? But and it's a cultural guy thing. says like, no, like, OK, like obviously Steven yeah. Stamkos has a right. He's got a no move so he can wait, like wave it or not. But even that, like the idea of it, the thought of it makes me like. It, cr- it makes me cringe. It's such a Bush League thing. Like this isn't pro sports. You don't no. win back-to-back Stanley Cups and you're like, well, hey, Captain, I know you just lifted the cup for us twice at our parades, but would you move so we can save some money? But I, but or, I think or it's all under the cap, or the, which is what I meant to say. But, but, I think, but I think what it does is it speaks to a larger cultural issue that as soon as someone becomes um, successful, it becomes like okay to criticize them. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing something bad or evil. You know what drove the NHL in the 80s and early 90s? Were the dynasties. Because everyone wanted to see who was going to take the giant down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, 
it, it's, it's, it's instant marketing. You know, we forgot what the product is. And like I said, at the starting of, of this podcast, is every offseason, every trade deadline, it's not player movement. It's not who won the Stanley Cup. As soon as the Stanley Cup is awarded, we're back to talking about the salary cap. And if you're a casual sports fan and you want to dabble into hockey, you're not. The salary cap isn't sexy, but trades are, trade rumors are, player movement is. You know, watching big market, like watching a guy like Austin Matthews play for the Toronto Maple Leafs is a big thing. Who the hell is Connor McDavid? If you're not a passionate hockey fan, the casual sports fan in the United States wouldn't know who Connor McDavid is. And that's a problem when the biggest sporting market on the, play, on the, on the planet doesn't care about your superstars. Yeah, it's evident too, because you can see what's going on, especially especially in the NBA. I mean, the NFL is kind of turning a corner now. I don't know if you saw actually uh, Saquon Barkley released his own pair of shoes with Nike. And I know it, like you read the comments on Instagram and people are like, come on, what happened to old fashioned football? Why are you worrying about clothes? But really, when you think about it, you just kind of answered it there, Pat. Like these guys have to market themselves, which then markets exactly. the team, which then markets the, the, the sport league. in the league. And, yeah. you know, we're seeing it with Austin Matthews. And it's funny because, again, you, you can click on the comments. I mean, they're right there. Half of them are like, oh, this is amazing. And the other half are like, what are you doing? You know, like fix your yeah. wrist or why are you not in the gym or, or sorry, on the ice. And, and it's like, listen, at the end of the day, Austin Matthews has X amount of followers on Instagram. And it's, it's, it's obviously hilarious that we're even discussing this, but he has X amount of followers on Instagram. I would guarantee, guarantee that over the course of his career, he might have more followers than the actual NHL like the actual NHL department on Instagram. And, and it, I'm not bringing this up as if, as if it's some big deal, but the fact that players in the league would be known more than the actual league or cared about more than the actual league is a problem because I, really, I want to test this theory. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to test this theory. Test the theory. I wanna, I, I'm going to look it up. Like I, I, I bet you that like Connor McDavid, who is the best hockey player on the planet. I bet you he doesn't even have, Probably not. Yeah, Probably yeah, not. You think he has a close to a million followers? No, I don't I think, think he. he I think he might have. I think he. I bet you he might have. A I don't think he's slightly more, or, or under. I don't think he's more than five hundred thousand. If I'm being honest with you, I bet plays, you, I he think plays in Edmonton. To. He plays in Edmonton. Like you got to understand the marketability. That. The marketability is killing him. Well, I'm just yeah, saying. Like, we're thing, trying like, to get to the point on how sad it is. It is. It's pathetic. I can't believe we're talking about Instagram. Like, I'm not bringing this up as if it's the end all be all. No, but, it, but every no, 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 it, it, it's, it's a point of it's a point of visibility and marketability. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's a marketability. Yeah. Like he's got he, and and McDavid's not like a Crosby guy. Like he has endorsements. He's on. He's bio. bio he's a biosteel guy. Like Patrick Mahomes is a biosteel guy. Like he has all those things. So let's do a quick game. How many followers does McDavid have on Instagram? Does he have Instagram? I'm looking. Yeah, it he up. does. He does. No, yeah. no, no. Guess, guess. Don't look it up. I oh, have I'd it say right about. Now. I'd say about six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. Luke, uh, I'm gonna say he has no more than five hundred thousand. Nine hundred and thirty-five thousand. Wow. Okay. You know, so I'm shocked. Higher than exactly both of shocked. you guys, but yeah, literally the. I bet you like. Um, I'm picking a random NBA player out of my, out of the hat, but I bet you like. Dwight Howard has over a million followers. Oh man, of course. Cool. Like, do you understand? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like that, but it's that, the marketability. My point is that yeah, it's just saying. like, like it's Dwight I'm Howard not a, is not an all star yeah. in the NBA. He not was, but yeah. like, you know what I like? Yeah. That's my point. Absolutely. Like, by the way, Matthew yeah. has 738. 
The guy's the face of the biggest franchise in in the national hockey. But we don't. But we don't market it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I we don't market these guys, and and that's Absolutely. the and that's the problem. And then that actually leads into another business, um, another business angle to the where the salary cap is is hampering the league. And and I'll say this in complete honesty: the salary cap doesn't fix stupidity. So I know some of our listeners are saying, you know, you're against the salary cap because it's hurting the Leafs. But when there was no salary cap, the Leafs didn't win anyways. You want to know why? It said they had piss poor management. The salary cap can't fix stupidity. So, you know, if your team isn't playing well, you have to look at management, not the salary cap. The salary cap gives an easy excuse for management teams to say, oh, well, you know, we had to lose some players. Uh, Oh, well, there's this and oh, well, there's that. No, it doesn't matter because smart management groups will draft well. And I'm not saying draft well where, you know, you win the lottery and you land a McDavid or an Austin Matthews. I'm talking about what the, the Detroit Red Wings used to do in, in the 90s where they found the Zetterbergs, the Datsuks in the sixth, seventh round. You know what I mean? Like, that's where smart management it comes to play. And the salary cap, it, it just, it, 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 once again, it, you, you draft these guys and then you lose them. And you don't even get really a chance to, to really reap the benefit of your hard work because now you've had to, you know, you've you spent all these millions of dollars to develop these guys, and then they end up on an, on a rivals team after a couple of years. Like, it just I, that bothers me. Like, it doesn't fix stupidity, and it hampers the teams that do things right. Well, it's it's evident in what just happened right now, and it, it, I mean, technically they didn't groom him, but when you actually think about it, at least made a great trade in acquiring Zach Hyman, and that yeah, those are the kind of deals that that win you championships where. You take a shot on a guy, he pans out, and he ends up being a very good player for you. You know, four or five years later, however long he was on the lease for, lo and behold, they can't afford to keep him. And yeah. he, he's the kind of guy that, that wins you champion. He's the guy who's going in the corners. He's the guy who's, who's mucking it up in front of the net, digging deep, giving his legit all, all the time. You, can, you, you will never hear a conversation about Zach Hyman where they don't say that he tried his ass hard out. And yeah. it, it's just, I guess you kind, of, you kind of nailed it right there and just saying things like, like, you get punished for making smart GM moves, i.e. acquiring players that turn into be a very important piece of it's, your team. And then, and then you can't afford to keep them. It's not even just about like winning a trade and then like down the line. Like I look at the Zach, I, the way I look at it right now is with Zach Hyman, it was a slow development into like a really good player. Right. He wasn't the player that he was last year, like in 2016, 2017, right? Like he, right. he was kind of a late bloomer and you, you win this trade and then you can't keep him. Okay. Like the pandemic, like I was reading, I don't know if anyone saw the Toronto sun article today, Steve Simmons interviewed. Um, what's his face? Oh, Brandon Shanahan. He interviewed Shanahan and Shanahan said before the pandemic, it was supposed to go up four to $6 million um, the last two years. So the 2021 season, it would have been at like 85, 86 million. And then the, this coming upcoming year, it would have been like over $90 million. Mm-hmm. So, and in that case, the lease can probably keep Zach. High. However, the next year is Morgan Riley and the next year is yeah, someone else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you get punished for drafting well. And you get yeah. punished. You can't keep the players that you you 
invest in. Right. Yeah. So it's so it, to me, it's so stupid because it's like, I think of the, I think of the, a scenario, right. Where let's, let's think of, uh, I'm trying to think of like a not so obvious prospect. Let's, uh, okay. Let's, let's think of this Alexander Steves guy, mm-hmm. right. This new guy. I don't know. You guys are familiar with He's on, he's playing on the first line on the least prospect team signed out of the university of Notre Dame kind of uh he's like a center winger guy i think he's like 20 or 21 years old whatever it is the leafs invest in this guy they develop him they have he's working with daryl belfry he's working with barb underhill he's working with all these these legal um resources that the leafs are allowed to have because they have a lot of money and they can flex their financial money that way right yet when it's time to come and sign Alexander Steves, right? You're there now. It's an even playing field, right? You don't. You're not rewarded for the investment at the end of the day. Yeah. The day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because now Alexander Steves, okay, like he plays out his ELC. I, I'm, let's say he's a UFA at the end of this deal, or maybe he's an RFA for a year or two, and then he's a UFA. So at that point, like you're like. Well, well, that kind of fucking sucks, right? Like, yeah, you, like you just invested all this time. We're using our resources that we're allowed to use. Actually, not allowed to use. I don't know if you guys remember, but the freaking oh, yeah. Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman said that the Leafs were not allowed to turn the lights on in their freaking training facility in the off season because yeah, they're always bitched and complain about that. Like, you got to be that. It's that stupid. is the most is... ridiculous thing. But they invest in this kid. They develop him and he becomes a top nine NHL forward. Now, when it's time to come sign him, they can't. Well, it's not. There's no investment. Players feel yeah. like it's hard for players to feel loyal, right? Because yeah. the, the the discrepancy is so is so large in terms of like if a team has a lot of salary, they can throw it at them. And look, if the owner's willing to pay it, that's fine. It's just it's just a very unrewarding system, is what I'm trying to get at, and yeah, and and and, and it makes no sense. Like Luke, uh, huge. We're we're soccer fans, right? Like these teams got academies. Every team's got every European team's got an academy, right? Mm-hmm. And these players come up through the academy, and and at the end of the day, they can leave and go sign for another team like that. They're completely free to do so, right? And they have the financial fair play and shit like that. But I feel like in soccer, like you're, you can get more reward for your investment sometimes. You know what Absolutely. I mean? That's, that's how it happens. Like, so yeah. it, it's just, it, it just doesn't make sense at all. No, it does. All. It doesn't make sense. And look, we're it, not, and just sorry to, there's one last thing here, Pat is like, I don't think we're all saying like abolish the salary cap. No one wants to see the salary cap go away completely. What needs to, what, I call it like the, the, the stupid rule. If you look, if you're, if you're looking at something like, Hey, that's stupid. You know what I mean? If it's so obviously dumb, why aren't we changing it? You know what I mean? I can see if you dig it, like not everyone's a capologist, not everyone knows the nitty gritty of the CBA, but if like, if we're three guys who can read something on cap friendly and be like, Hey, like, this is not a very smart rule. You know what I mean? Then like, how come the people that are paid to look over this stuff aren't doing anything about it? You know what I mean? But what it's I don't understand, it, but what I don't understand is they brought in the salary cap because they wanted to guarantee, they, they wanted more profit. 
but they brought in a system that caps the profitability of their league because it capitulates to the smallest of markets. That in every other major sports league, do you think the New Yorks, the the Golden State, like the California-based teams in the NBA give a shit? If the Toronto Raptors are struggling, do you think the NBA cares? No, because they're going to continue to prop up where they know who their cash cows are. So that's who they're going to, not necessarily protect, but that's who they're going to allow because they know who's driving the bus. The NHL, we have no idea who's driving the bus. You know what I mean? Like one day it's one, one day it's Melnick who doesn't want to spend money on his team. Now it's the team in Arizona, but yet you have viable teams that are driving all this attention to your league and then you're dismantling. Like I just, it boggles my mind that the way the whole system shakes out and my biggest solution is I don't like the salary cap. I would prefer more of a luxury tax system. I think it would have helped the league um, get around some of its issues with revenue. Um, it would have still helped some of the small market teams that didn't have ticket sales because you know your big market clubs are going to spend on their rosters anyways. So use that luxury tax money and reinvest it in the smaller markets. But don't continue to ask for handouts from the big market clubs and then cripple them when they when they do something right. You know what I mean? Like we continue to like, um, it's, it's you know, a crybaby mentality. It is. That's what it is. It's just like, like going back to the thing where with the small market teams, and I'm sure other markets that could afford to keep the pay for their prospects to come visit their training facility, but didn't want to. Right. Going back again to the cheap owners. Right. Yeah. Like because they cry that they're not willing to spend the money. Now everybody's got to suffer. And that's not even in the realm of the salary cap. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's outside of the salary cap. You're there's no rule that says that except when owners go and bitch to Bettman and Bettman's like, Oh yeah, you know what? Like, I guess so. I sit, I sit when I, uh, whatever, like I'll, I'll do whatever you guys want. Just like me. Like it's such a loser's mentality, man. Like it's so annoying. And look at the end of the day, it's going to come off as three guys who are Leaf fans. Like we're just going to come off as bitter because our team's not benefiting from it. But I think, but no, no yeah, no team is, is what I think we're trying to argue. And at the end of the day, I, the Leafs didn't, the Leafs are not losing because of their, and I guess we'll I'll I'll throw I'll throw this in there is that the I don't think the Leafs' failures have been because of their lack of salary cap space. The Leafs have failed because their investment in their best players have not performed. You know what yes. I mean? It has nothing to do and and I've already seen the the chitter chatter coming from Sports Talk Radio. Oh, Edmonton had such a good offseason. Winnipeg had such a good offseason. Look at the players that they're able to bring in. You know what I mean? The Edmonton brings in Keith and Fogle and Hyman and all these guys. The Leafs only brought in Bunting and Nick Ritchie and Peter Morazic. You know what I mean? Like, they're not the sexy names. And then they always go back. Oh, it's because they have no space. It's because they have this. It's because they have that. Like, I'm sorry, but the lack of space is not what's holding them back. Dubis is a guy that has clearly shown that he's able to bring in players that are, don't make the noticeable salary, but still are able to perform. So it's not the reason. 
just because they're not signing the five million dollar guy in free agency doesn't mean that they have a salary cap problem. It just means that they don't value anyone at five million dollars. And frankly, that's the smart move. A lot of people, a lot of teams have been burned on July first signing big deals. Yeah. I like Zach Kleiman. I like Zach Kleiman, but I'm not signing him anywhere near what Edmonton paid him. No. Yeah, sure. That that like that that's fine. But the pro- the the problem is that the narrative is that oh, big addition, big money, high expectations. But 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 no but isn't that into the other side? But isn't that another? But isn't that another unintended consequence that now we look at players differently? That players like, like even your from your superstar down to you know your grinder like Zach Hyman are now put in a spot where UFA means something because your your window of profitability as a player is now shrunk. If you watch the league, especially over the last 10 or 15 years, where's the big money going to? It's going to your 19, 20, 21, 22, 23-year-olds. You know what I mean? So once yeah. now with the salary cap, we're looking at a guy like Zach Hyman saying, well, you're old. You know, you got all this injury history. You know, yeah. we see it, every it transaction. Talk shit. It forces us to yeah. talk shit about yeah. people. We look we at every... Know. Exactly. We if look Zach at Hyman it. Through, doesn't have a salary attached to him, and the Leafs let him go. There would be pick an uproar. Like uh, there would be an yeah. uproar. You're right. Yeah. But now every player gets put through this salary cap lens, and it's not fair because even a guy like Mitch Marner, the much maligned Mitch Marner, he's had a pretty good start to a career for a 24 year old. You know, like his regular season numbers are good. What? Where did he finish this year? Top. Eight for points. I just I was just reminded today that he won six or fifth. Uh, he, I was just reminded today that he was a first team All Star. Yeah, like and he, like look how we, look how we look at this kid. Yeah. Look how we look at this kid. You know what I mean? And like William Nylander, Howard Berger posted in, in a latest blog that I something about his contract being through the roof or you know a, a, a quote unquote anchor. That's like what are we talking about? In what other market is a guy that produces what William Nealer produces considered an anchor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is this is what the salary cap has done. And this is why players, when they become the first opportunity at becoming a UFA, will take every dollar because they know they're not getting it on the back end of their contracts that they used to in the old NHL. Because you used to get guys in their 30s still getting five, six million dollar contracts. You know what I mean? Or at least the equivalent of what that would have been, you know, in, during their time. You know, there was always that additional big payout before a player retired. Well, that's not the case now. You know what I mean? And in certain players' cases, it's actually shortened their careers. Like a guy like Zach Hyman, if he doesn't have a good couple of years in Edmonton, he could easily be a, a, a cap casualty. And then we're talking about him like we are Robida. Isn't that sad? Yep. Yep. That that that's where it is. That that's you you said it perfectly. There is that. It's sad that we have to. Everyone like, um, I'm not the biggest fan of them, honestly. But Jamie Noodles McClendon on Overdrive, one of the best radio shows, he says, as soon as you sign that contract, you might as well wear it, uh, wear that wear the number with a chain around your neck. Yep, it's always tied to you. Right. And, and it, it sucks as fans. And look, 
I, I like following the salary cap. It makes me feel like I'm more invested in it, but I'm a psychopath fan. The casual fan doesn't need to, no. doesn't care about that. You know what I mean? And, and, and the NHL doesn't need to cater to me. They need to cater to the other fans that don't care about that kind of thing because there's, well, they don't care about the sport. No. And it's not even about not caring about the salary cap. It's about attracting the casual fan that when they're flipping through the Dow on the Tuesday or Thursday night, or even a Saturday night in their home with their friends that they're, that they're likely to put on the hockey game. You know what I mean? Like, the NBA is a player-driven league. The NFL is a player-driven league. The MLB is a player-driven league. The leagues know who the product is. The NHL has, there's no personality in the NHL. There's no pushing of the players to get them out there to promote the league. Look, they won't even send their players to the Olympics. Look what the look how much the NBA grew. They are now since the first since the first dream team, because they realized that being at the Olympics was instant marketing. Well, yeah, exactly. You you people love the super team. People want to see star players play together. Yes, you know what I yes. mean. Yes, and like yes. again, again, it's just so short minded. It's fucking pissing it's me stupid. off. It's stupid. It is so. Stupid. They didn't go in twenty eighteen like. Yeah, but once again, it had to do with profits. Certain markets. No, not, not just profits. Have... It had to do with the liability. And no one and and the problem is is that when you got billionaires, right? Unfortunately, they're older gentlemen who are narrow minded and they're not forward thinking. And you're also working with another older gentleman in Gary Bettman who is not forward thinking. He's not a marketer, he's a freaking lawyer. Yeah. Lawyers aren't promoters. So you lost on an opportunity to go to another Olympics in 2018 um, and have the basically the baton passed from uh, the greatest Canadian player in Sidney Crosby to the up-and-coming greatest Canadian player in Connor McDavid. And you had a chance to have Austin Matthews go there and play with but like how it's- and all that stuff. And look, how exciting. they're going to Beijing. They're going to Beijing. Yep. Um, however, it was very close that they weren't going to go. And just, I just want people to understand that they were an inch further. If they were an inch uh, more delayed in this decision, you would have lost your chance to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby play and don the Maple Leaf together. Mm-hmm. You would have lost that chance. You would have never saw that again. And it's no, brutal. Sorry, never, never saw it again. You would have never saw it ever. You would have yeah. probably, like, you might have not seen, I don't know if Patrick Kane would make it in 2026, but I don't know how old he would be. He would be close to 40, actually, at that point. And so he probably wouldn't make it. And you would have never, for American fans, you would have never saw Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane play. You were yeah, that it's, close it's to not so seeing those stupid. Because but it's stuff they like don't this. care about the fans. They don't. No, they care about the it, bottom and and it, it's the, the Olympics itself is a free marketing tool that would help them with their profits, not necessarily today, but definitely tomorrow. And there's no foresight in this. There's no, you know, everyone's worried about today and no one's worried about the growth of the game a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And that's why the other major sports continue to grow, continue to get better TV deals are constantly spoken about 
when it comes to their offseason in a much different light. Um, but you know what? We have to wrap up this latest podcast. Would like to get, you know, your final thoughts on this before we wrap things up. And Lucas, I'll toss it to you. My final thoughts on just salary cap in general? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's evident it's obviously not going anywhere and it's, it's only going to get worse probably from this point on. But I'm going to be honest, man. In Dubas, I trust. In, in the Maple Leafs cap, capologists, I trust because I actually think that from what they can do and what they've been able to do, they've, they've done all right. You know, all their eggs are definitely in one basket. Um, but it's, it's something that I'm willing to ride out because I think that I believe in the core at least. And the salary cap as a whole – it is what it is, man. If they can develop a luxury ca- luxury tax at some point, obviously that, that benefits the league. It benefits the better teams in the NHL. I, I'm not too sure Gary Bettman is the guy to create that. Maybe the next commissioner of the league is. Um, but yeah, like I said, for the time being, I trust the lease management. So let's hope that they can make it work. And Anthony, how, what are your final thoughts on this quite passionate conversation? I just, I, like Lucas said, I want to see a luxury tax. I don't have any faith in it happening as long as Gary Bettman's the G, uh, the commissioner of the league, unfortunately. I'm, I don't like to wish bad on anyone, but I do wish that Gary Bettman retires as early as possible. Gary, you have grandchildren. I'm sure they want to see their grandfather <laughs> as often as possible. Please don't be afraid to just put the pencil down, put the briefcase away. I know you definitely have a multiple houses in Florida with your freaking overpaid fucking salary. Just go to retirement, Gary. We, I promise we won't miss you. Just literally get someone else in here. And you know what? I say that, and, I'm, and as I'm saying that, I'm thinking they're probably going to pr- freaking put Bill Daly as the commissioner, and he's fucking Gary Bettman. Yeah, they're just going to promote with him. Yeah, promote from within. And I'm saying that, I'm just being like, God damn it, Bill Daly's going to be that. we got to see his head now on that, on every uh, on every press conference talking about, all oh, the salary and cap then- is fine and all this shit. And, and then at, now we're going we're gonna to have another 20 years of this. So. Maybe Gary and Bill need to get to retirement. And you know what? Maybe Brendan Shanahan, after he wins a cup or two with the Leafs, go be the, go be the commissioner. The commissioner. We could use I guess him. we could. And you know what? My final thoughts is I wonder if what might be best is the next commissioner maybe not have a marketing or a, like a lawyer background. Or a law background, they, they maybe get be, someone they in marketing. A they need to be a marketer. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe it become, goes from a commissioner to like a board, and you have ex players, you have people in marketing, you have people like business leaders that know how to grow a business. Um, but yeah, I, I just I struggle with the salary cap. I hate the fact that we have to talk about it as much as we do because I think that there's a lot of really cool stories and players coming up in the league that we should be focusing on and not be so worried about their contracts and just let the players play. Um, but, you know, in the, in the short term, you know, I, I trust in Leafs manager for looking through a Maple Leafs lens because we are a Maple Leafs podcast. Um, I like the direction that Kyle Dubas was able to go in this summer. I was really excited about the signing of Mike, Michael Bunting. I think for his contract, we're going to see a pretty significant return, which really you can't really complain about. Um, but I guess, you know what, gentlemen, it has been a oh, pleasure. Sorry, sorry, last thing. Can we 
give our parting thoughts to Ilya Mikheyev if he maybe is traded before our next. Player. I I don't care. I don't care. I, it's it's a negotiating tactic. And once again, this is right back down to the salary cap, isn't it? Like, would we be having this conversation if the Leafs could pay him? And well, I think he uh, knows that. I just think he's get he might get passed on the depth chart or something. Probably, you know, he might. He hasn't scored. I don't know what money he's yeah. looking for. You know, exactly. how, how do you pay a guy that hasn't put a, hasn't put a puck in the net? Like, exactly. I, I don't I, I don't know what he's looking for. But I get the negotiating tactic. I know he I know his agent knows that the fans love him. I know he knows that the team loves him. You know, I I just don't. Where do you, what do you pay him? What is he? What is what is the legit contract for McCabe at this point? Exactly I, I would what I, being paid. Yeah, exactly what he's being paid. Close to being what he's being paid for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's it's it. That's just the way I look at it, and I, I have no sour grapes. You go get your money in this cal- salary cap world. If a team's willing to, you know, blow whatever salary cap flexibility they've got to sign them, have at it. We'll bring up another kid that'll probably do just the same. You know, maybe that opens up a spot for Nick Robertson. Yep, good point. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we were talking about the prospects earlier. You know what? You want to you want to get your money? Go get your money. I'm not going to say no. But we'll just bring up another kid that we've invested some time and money in and see what you can do, kid. So who was Ilya Mikheyev before he came to Toronto? No one knew. Same thing with Zach Kyman. That's why I have no beef with those guys. Get your money. Do your thing. And I hope it works out for you. But in a nine times out of ten, we always know that the grass isn't always green on the other side. Right. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Been a pleasure. Thank you all for you know listening to our latest podcast. Uh, our podcast now will be going live every Tuesday uh, and check out for all our new blogs uh, as we get, you know, as the camps kick off and, and we head into a, a new NHL season.